Friday morning during Copenhagen Fashion Week, Faluka in collab with Kinraten launched a talk about sustainable choices and how these choices can create a real impact in a changing industry. It was a personal and honest conversation between author and journalist for The Times, Telegraph and Vogue, Caroline Asom, in dialogue with jewelry designer Sarah Müllertz, designer Mark Kenley Dominotan, and director for Designers Nest, Anne Lunge Scholin. It is time to walk thank the you. talk. Thank you. Over to you. Well, thank you very much for coming today. Um, I want to introduce my esteemed panel here. I'm going to put on my best Danish accent. <laughs> Bear with me. So it's Ene Linge Julen. Well done. Um, um, who is the um, director of um, the, um, the Designer's Nest and also, also a uh, author and curator. And then we've got the fashion designer, Mark Kenley Domino Tan. Perhaps many of you might have seen his collection on Wednesday, which was really beautiful. Lots to rave about there. And then Sarah Mullitz, who's founder of Can Maiden. So um, I, it, sustainability, it's a word which elicits cynicism by the bucket load, heated debate, passion, rage. Um, I think also when it comes to luxury retail as well, much eye rolling because in many ways, the very idea of luxury is something which is not necessarily high on the list of life's essentials. And when we're talking about brands, we don't often always see the big picture. You know, we, we, we judge um, a brand by its success and what we see front of house, but we don't often see what's happening behind. You know, what, what is its supply chain? What's, what's the back of house looking? And I wanted to start with uh, Sarah, because I think when she... Before she launched um, Kinderhausen um, two years ago, it was very much at the forefront of what she wanted to do. It was a platform for doing good, and even <coughs> the name, which is the sort of um, kin, next of kin in, in Old English, is, is, is very much part of the whole messaging of it. Yeah. Would you want to. Uh, Kinderhausen is the Sarah. oldest form of the word kindred or next of kin, and I wanted. The, in the DNA embedded that we all connected by our choices today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for me it was important when I started Kim Raiden to do something that was, um, I wanted to make a personal impact. And, and doing that as a new brand, I think it was easier. I came from the architectural business, I'm an architect, I worked with Henning Larsen for many years. But uh, changing the, the way of, of making a personal impact is easier when you start up from scratch. Mm -hmm. I know it's difficult with, with big companies. So I wanted to introduce this circular business theory, both mm -hmm. in materials and the supply chain, and also on how we approach um, the jewelry business. And for me, of course, working with these materials, it's very easy to reuse them because sure. it's gold and silver. Sure. And then introducing new materials and stretching the potential of new materials, I think, was very interesting. Very part of that. Yeah. Mark, what about you? How have you approached your, this sustainable agenda? And we talked about <coughs> recycled materials with... With Sarah, it's sort of a bit of a different landscape with fashion. I'm not really sure if I tackled it or not, because I think it's very difficult. And yeah, it's so, vast, the topic. Yeah, exactly. So I think I, I went with a very, like, very personal approach. Uh, I'm a trained tailor, uh, and my background comes from, from, from the material, how it shapes, and it's, it's also my, my, my way of working. Uh, so I really believe in, 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 in longevity, mm -hmm. uh, in, in sensibility, choosing the right fabrics mm -hmm. for the right piece of clothes, um, 
I think so. So that's really, really personal approach. That's also been a big part of my upbringing. You know, okay. um, not overdoing things. Not uh, very yeah. understated aesthetic. Yeah, try to be understated and 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 not not creating things that needs to change uh, overnight. Or mm-hmm. um, I think that's the that's the the, the way that true. I. Yeah. And with the designers, because obviously you've got mm. this roster of designers, they're young, they're hungry, they're seeing things through a whole new perspective, which is exciting. But what mm. do you, what have you tried to impress on them or make well, them Well, basically, understand? I think the most important thing with, with the new generation is that mm. they actually, they are smart. They are already yeah. there because throughout their college training, they've been, you know, exposed to many important theories and ways to, to work methodolo- methodologically with fashion. Right. Right. So I, I think for us with the sinus nest, it's really important to, you know, you have to have a point of view. The yeah. world doesn't need another white T-shirt, basically. Mm-hmm. We, need, mm-hmm. we need to sign us with something at heart. Someone that, of course, know their craft and skill and command of materiality sure. and so on. But, but basically, you know, someone that can transport us to elsewhere yeah, sure. and give us that you know message or yeah a message and and also people that dare to be idealistic and even political with their work mm-hmm. and and hence there is you know this underlying aligning sort of uh, sustainability agenda that comes through with many of the collections yeah. i think um sorry what were you yeah but i think it's important right now that we as designers and and what we bring out into the world that we take responsibility of what we add into it yeah, mm-hmm. sure. and Definitely. I actually think that we are right now in a position where we can think much further beyond the borders of the four year span that politicians sure. works within <laughs> so I think it's very important that we think like ahead much longer 10, time. 15, 20 years ahead mm-hmm. and we can do that because we can control our production lines, we can align it, sure. look at the end users see what they're doing right now and then adapt much quicker. Mm. What have you because obviously you had a background in architecture and you were a Architect, what sort of, what what practices from the architectural background have you brought into this new chapter? I think the whole uh, thought of, of uh, deassembly is really interesting. Yeah, in architecture, we work a lot with buildings. How can we deassemble them again? Because one of the biggest wastes within yeah. the world is actually the building industry. Mm-hmm. So when you knock down a house, you can't deassemble the material and reuse it. And we know for a fact that within 10, 15 years, we're going to run out of def- certain yeah. resources mostly in Europe actually fastest. So how can we deassemble these things? So pulling that into the production of Kinraden and how we work with our materials, I think that was a, a really a core thing for me to do. I remember once we talked about that lovely idea about embedding, you know, in buildings you were telling me you embedded all the... We have chips now in building embedded in it so you can, re- you can like, uh, register what's, what kind of materials is in a building before knocking it down. So when you build a building today, the way you construct it and the way you use the materials, the, you layer it in a building, you can actually deassemble it again and reuse it without using a lot of industry mm-hmm. or a lot of energy on it. Yeah, no, that's smart. It's, and something if, you, know, you could apply that to fashion. I think that you should have a small strip in the back mm. where you could mm-hmm. like so leave it and see what's extract in polyester it. from the cotton yeah. or whatever yeah. it is to then... Because that's a, different, that's a really difficult thing about making the circular motion in mm. the textile business, mm. is how to reuse it and know what's in the clothes. Um, one of the, I think, biggest challenges when you look at this uh, as a whole is that how do you combine as many sustainable actions as possible while also running a financially viable business in an increasingly competitive market? Because while it's great to do as, you know, you know, as much as you want to 
good as you want to do. You've, at the end of the day, you've also got a business to run and you want it to grow. Um, grow is something you want to talk yeah. about later, yeah. but yeah. how, Mark, what are the challenges and what, how, how, are you, how do you find that? And the challenges, as mentioned before, is, is definitely big. And, and, and the good thing about my business is, as, as Sarah's, it's, it's kind of new. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. new in business still. Mm-hmm. So I have the opportunity to, to, to make different choices mm-hmm. uh, of, of, of how we produce and which suppliers we use. Um, we produce everything in our house. Uh, mm-hmm. It's called CMT, so I select every item in the garment. What's you know, CMT? It's, it's, it's cotton made trim. It's, right. it's, it's where we kind of buy all the raw materials and then we buy the labour of a factory. Okay. Um, so I buy the bottom, I buy the ribbon, I buy the thread, I buy the fabric. So I know, I know the supplier, I know where I bought the bottom, I know where I have the lining from. And that gives me kind of a... A, a mapping of, of where everything is from uh, and that's also because I chose to create a business that's not supposed to be a billion dollar business yes. I, I create I, I, from 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 the beginning I, I made a plan that was that I want a business within a certain size so I can kind of control the all the processes mm-hmm. and also I can control the growth that I'm not supposed to to rise within 24 months, uh, I have to create turnover because that's where you start to, to make the, mm-hmm. the wrong choices. So it's, it's all about how you, you put your business together. Okay. Nina? Mm? How do you, with your designers and what you're uh, impressing on them, what are you, how do you approach this? The, the problems? Yeah, the problems with, you know, it's the challenges, isn't it? Because they, they want to incorporate all these sustainable practices, but mm. they need to... I think, well, we, we, we get them at a much earlier stage, right? Mm-hmm. So they're fresh out of college. They haven't really established themselves mm-hmm. as, you know, with their labels. And it's actually something that I tend to tell them, I think you should start by working for someone else. Yes. Yeah, just, you know, get more work experience. But I think if you, you look at sort of startups or early career designers, it's always the problem of getting the production out of your own house, mm-hmm. you know, getting sourcing it elsewhere. Uh, meeting uh, um, uh, budgets, um, scalability is a big mm-hmm. thing. Like if you have a designer, say, that works with uh, upcycling, recycling, mm-hmm. how can you scale mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Perhaps you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that, yes, that's one of the things. things yeah. that they've got to think yeah. about. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay. Um, and what, can you talk a bit about the challenges you have, you have come up against? Limitations and the challenges, perhaps, Mark? <laughs> You know, and also ways to think about what we can do, you know, and, and share these ways. You know, we need to be more transparent. I'm, I'm going to interrupt and tell yeah. everyone a funny story because I interviewed <laughs> this, this author of a really incredible book called Fashionopolis. I don't know if you've, anyone's read Dana Thomas's book, but it's really incredible. And she was, I interviewed her before Christmas and she was saying to me, how do these, how do these manufacturers say that, that they don't know where their clothes are made? Um, if you imagine in any other industry, how would they get away with that? Can you imagine faulty brakes on a car and the car company saying, like, oh, I don't know, I don't know mm. how that happened, you know, I don't know how they subcontracted. And it's sort of, you know, it's really food for thought. But sorry, I interrupted. No, but, but actually linking up what you're saying, uh, I think uh, like a very down-to-earth kind of, 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 of issue is that I, I also have a, a wish to create clothes that that's 
you know, that could, could have a wider span within which people can, can wear it. Sure. And that's also a, a, an issue of price point. Mm -hmm. um, so I could choose to make uh, like a really, really pure garment, only one of them, you know, a one of a kind, but that would be very, very limited uh, customer base. Mm -hmm. So it's about, I think the big challenge for us is to find the balance in between to have the uh, have a bigger uh, customer range mm -hmm. but but still keeping the product clean and and within a good quality and that that tames that you need to kind of have to, have to rethink the way that you produce your clothes and, mm -hmm. and how you kind of put it together because mm -hmm. for us uh, the main thing is choosing the material mm -hmm. because with i believe that if with the right material you can create uh, a, a good piece of clothes but then you have to you have to take things off, you know, you have to make less cuts, you have to remove the details and stuff to, to actually make a garment that's also affordable. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that challenge is quite, uh, it's quite big. It's quite difficult, yeah. yeah. Something that I know the conglomerate Caring do is they've always worked with their <coughs> environmental profit and loss sheet, which is a really interesting way because it measures the impact of what they're doing mm. right down to the raw materials. Do you think that's something that we perhaps should be implemented and perhaps if more fashion brands all operated with this, they'd have this sort of very comprehensive set of metrics by which to measure things? Is that something, you know, it sounds such a great thing and, you know, when you're caring with the sort of whole sustainability department and huge teams, yeah. like it's sort of easy, when but, you're <laughs> but when you're three, you know, with an intern, yeah. it's like not, so not quite the same. Yeah. What do you, is that something that you've, you can... Talk about I think your... it's more your home turf here, Sarah, than, yeah. than mine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think when you start up a business and, and try to do it as sustainable as possible, sure. because I think fundamentally sustainability is about personal choices. Sure. Mm -hmm. Every day you make a choice to do to yeah. use this supplier or use this mm -hmm. person or this mm -hmm. material, um, and you can always do better. Mm -hmm. So first of all, that's the biggest challenge, um, I think, to do it, to register everything we are totally transparent in everything we do. Everything is online. All our suppliers are online. What mm -hmm. we use, our materials are online. Um, I, I think that the knowledge of sharing everything. Yes. And mm. I think I was very blessed to have this collaboration with you, Mark. Just going in and, and, and having this discussion very openly. What are the challenges? How do you face them? How do we do this? Mm -hmm. Because I think the biggest challenge for us as designers right now is actually getting all the way down to the end <coughs> user and challenging them on how they spend their money exactly. and how they choose when they are in the store picking up things. Hmm. Because it's actually really basic. If you go down to a store in Denmark and buy something for 10 kroners and it says it's like made in China, you can just calculate backwards. Yes. It takes three kroners to send it to Denmark, it takes three kroners to produce it, sure. it maybe it took five kroners to pay your salary. Okay, that's over 10 kroners or much more, so it doesn't add up. So if you need quality or if you need to choose sustainable, you need to look at the price as well. It's going to be more expensive. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to get used to that because we're running out of resources. Mm -hmm. So even if we want it or not, the prices are going up. Mm -hmm. In 2030, everything in gold and silver will be dug up from the earth. There will be it's nothing there. Yeah. <laughs> Reports just came out. But there are lots mm. of resources going around. We have mm. enough going around already. Mm -hmm. There's no need to dig any more else materials up from the ground. But it demands that we educate the end Plus, user and yes, how they approach. Because we as customers <coughs> always think, you know, we sort of level the charge against the, the manufacturers and the brands, but we've got to change our mindset with how we consume and whether that's 
buying less, renting, even rethinking the way we dress. It's all yeah. part rethinking of it. the way we dress and rethinking the way we, we use the amount of money we have. Uh, uh, we we still have a, a, an atelier and we have yeah. uh, tailors in house. It's uh, I think that's pretty rare uh, in, in in Denmark. I think, uh, but it's also because we we make made to, made to measure pieces as well because we think it's I think it's important to contain the craft but actually also to give the possibility that you, you buy a coat uh, you have limited resources you, you buy an expensive piece of, of garment uh, and, and you have the opportunity to, to reshape it or mm -hmm. patch it up that you actually invest if you buy something for 10,000 kroner you reinvest 4,000 actually to redo it and have a beautiful piece I think that way of thinking of reinvesting instead of buying a new piece reinvest in the things you have instead of and that can also be a business approach because that would actually make that would pay a salary in my house oh. I can pay a tailor for them if, 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 if the customers choose to, to actually spend uh, an amount of money on, on repairing or, or, or redoing the things that you already have. Um, so I'm going to add actually that yes. I don't know who went to Mark's show, but it was so thoughtful. On the chairs were this lovely gift of like a make and mend repair kit, yes. which was such a nice touch and really set the tone. What do you, the, the, the young designers, what, what, what are they thinking about this? Well, they, as I said, they're yeah. vogue. I mean, they, yeah, they, they are sort of very aware of what's going yes. on. Um, they implement ideas on, you know, sustainability, inclusivity, diversity, mm -hmm. material experimentation. Um, and I think, obviously, it's, it's a, you know, they, they enter into a very competitive market. Mm -hmm. So that, that comes back to what I was saying about sort mm -hmm. of having a point of view. Mm -hmm. what, what is it? You ha it has to be justified if you put something new into the world. Mm -hmm. um, so it, they, I, I can just say that I think they're extremely aware. And I mm -hmm. think what we try to do at Designers Nest is making <coughs> their voices heard. Sure. Because they, they, are, they have a, you know, a point of view and that point of view should be communicated to the world. So we're not just being bombarded mm -hmm. with mass consumption, mass production those kinds of things that we so often associate with fashion. Okay. Yeah, but hey, we're looking into a fantastic bright future if we all yeah, really want to, because we have the resources, yeah. we have the money, we have the technology. It's just about Sharing sitting down and really want yeah. to do it. Mm. And if we look historically, um, just to make a small reference, yeah. after Second World War, Europe was totally ruined, everything was bombarded. Mm. and. The world stand together, made the Marshall help they rebuild Europe in 10 yeah. years. We can solve this climate crisis if mm. we really mm. wanted to. If everyone just wanted to sit down, be sensible. And yeah. collaborate. And, and collaborate. collaborate. Yeah. And there's actually both the resource and the technology to do it right now. Yeah. Mm. So it's just about really wanting it and, and going into it. But it's about sharing knowledge. Yes. It's about yeah. opening doors. And, and that's one in. thing, hopefully, that's kind of such a lovely thing. We've discussed this. Yeah. I'm really passionate about this, is this this sharing and the sense of collaboration that well it's a sort of really welcome thing to come out of um the whole sort of sustainability journey is is this sharing um i was talking earlier about this designer in um these designers in stockholm called bite i don't know if anyone know and again they're, they're a platform for, for, for doing good and designing beautiful fashion and they were saying that they've had to change their mindset because they saw that other swedish designers had slightly been influenced, copied the way they'd they'd, they'd you know worked with their marketing material and their photography, and you know their first initial reaction was like oh they've copied us, but 
actually they were like no this is good because they're also on this journey and they're they're kind of you know growing together and we have to change our mindset and and sorry i just think it's also a matter of companies or organizations daring to you know get off the bandwagon yes and, and do you know do i it. mean when i came on board designers list the first thing i did was changing the the, the uh the award show from yeah. being biannual to being an yes. annual because yeah. why would we you know, participate yeah. in that hysterical cycle of seasons mm-hmm. when they're actually just graduating once a year. Yeah. So that that's a way to sort of reduce... Reduce the, reduce yeah, the footprint yeah. and things. Yeah. Um, in England, there's, amongst the younger generation of designers, uh, Phoebe, there's a designer, Phoebe English, and she started mm. a WhatsApp group where she shares all their knowledge on suppliers and, and um, manufacturers and, you know, people that can help them. And that sort of closed-door fashion closed door policy is really changing mm. I wonder what's what what's it like in Denmark because actually you know even as a country you're probably more expansive thinking and sort of work together more can you talk a bit about how the Danish mindset is oh I don't know if I dare to generalize that much <laughs> um, I can do it I don't know I, I think I think what, what what shapes us is the welfare state yes I think that's what we share here okay. I mean we have a strong belief in democracy and Together we stand stronger, uh-huh. uh, and I think because we're a small country, um, I don't know. I, I I'm not a historian, yeah. but that's the way yeah. I see it. Okay. Yeah, Mark. Yeah, I think it's quite similar. Like uh, I personally believe that that mm. we stand stronger if 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 we we share and stand together. Um, my door have always been open to also brands that open up after me, and 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 uh, and I I really also with with collaborative. Uh, I've been collaborating with 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 many people, and and I'm so eager to to learn something new, uh, eager to learn like different kind of crafts. Uh, it could be a, a supplier and so on. So I really think that, like as a personal, I think that's that's um, of course it's really important. I think actually what I've been experienced here, that that people are quite willing to share. I think nice. it's just I think people just need to get out of their head and actually ask because. I've, I've, I've never experienced anybody saying no if, if I asked anybody but mm. but I think it's the dare to actually ask and, and being vulnerable yeah. as well and actually yeah. say this is my challenges yeah. this is this is actually not really yeah, good I need some help this, in this yeah. yes, we that's have actually true. an issue here that's actually yeah. not really good but, but how can we actually solve it mm. instead of just being in our head and, and not mm. speaking about it I think that's I think also it's like making for some companies you know they want to do good and it's making that first step and it can be mm. terrifying because yes. they think oh no we're going to be judged like we've done, the, done it the wrong way or and actually it's kind of if you're already on that journey and sharing that that well this is how I did it and it didn't quite work out but try this or... exactly. but you're putting yourself out there it's putting yes. yourself and your vulnerability yeah. as well exactly yes. but, um, but I think it's Coming from the architectural business, sorry, where yes. we share everything and we, yes. we, if we do, we did competitions in, in Henning Larsen, we invited people in from other companies to do critics, yeah. critics. Mm. so we would learn from each other, <coughs> push amazing, each other, amazing, yeah. and that's really interesting, and I think working with Mark on this new collection we did together yeah. was really interesting because you started just by pushing me and, yes. and, and uh, challenging me <coughs> in, in my beliefs, and I thought that was really cool, <laughs> because that's how we work, as, that's how I'm used to working okay. as an architect, mm. pushing each other. Because I don't, it's not always the way it happens in fashion. <laughs> <laughs> I know well, this is a journalist who's written more than one sort of review, mm. criticised people, but mm. we were well, talking about... Sorry. Yeah, just following on yeah. what you were saying, yeah. Sarah, because I... I Came from academia, I yeah. Can, yeah, and, and sort of the core of that is actually... Yes. 
you know, that you have peer review. Yes, exactly. You can't put anything up there unless you are, you know, um, opening yourself up to criticism. Yeah. Yes. You have to have, have seniors that. constantly, you know, uh, assessing your work. And I think that's sort of, that's what's the most, is the scariest part mm -hmm. once you've done mm -hmm. your doctorate that you have to believe in that you sort of internalize that critical voice mm -hmm. and and now you with with publishing that that mm -hmm. your work is being assessed before it's ready to publish mm -hmm. and I, I think that 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 is what i'm sort of trying to yeah. to uh, well I, I have a foot in both worlds mm -hmm. still so i think that critical framework or that mm -hmm. critical thinking is needed in, in, in fashion so so needed yeah is it something your young designers have responded to yeah, yeah, yeah because because they're so because they, they as I said they're so fresh out of college yes, so so they they're so used to being criticised yes and and I and I think but that's a bloody good thing yeah no, the, I mean whenever I write something when I'm when I'm putting on my my academic hat I still have my supervisors voice yeah, in my sure. head is this clear yes yeah, yeah. is it backed up can yeah. I substantiate it of course you know yeah yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> um and. What are the next steps? That's you. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think there's been so much traction. I think Denmark's a, a much further ahead than perhaps the UK is. In the UK, I really feel the last 18 months, Kate Finnegan might have to back me up here, has really, I think it's been a real traction and there's really been an advance but i think in denmark you've probably been a lot you're further ahead yeah i would like to congratulate of course cecilia tonsmark for her new efforts around yes. the Copenhagen fashion week mm -hmm. and her new sustainability demands i think that's okay. the first step i think exactly. it's really important and i think actually as a small country we can be more agile and that way faster mm -hmm. fast track this process even more exactly. that's a really good um, thing I've seen. I think challenging the way that we um, work with fashion, expose it, how we sell it, mm -hmm. I think that's really important. I think we need to work between different kinds of industries or different kinds of collaborations mm -hmm. even more, learning mm -hmm. from each other. Inter-industry. Mm -hmm. Inter-industry, yeah. yeah, but I think the most important thing is to be open Definitely. with the challenges as well, what's hard. And people want to be so perfect in this business. And that's that really problem, astonished me coming from the architecture yeah. business, where we have a lot of flaws. Mm -hmm. We're used to things going wrong in building press processes, <laughs> and then we stand up and move on. And this has to be perfect from the first start. No. It's not. It's, it's not a struggle. No, 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 and it's, it's a process. So yeah. it's how about going into this journey and seeing it as a journey, I think, yeah. where we learn more and more, getting better and better. Yeah. Being yeah. honest I think that's about really it. Right. Yeah. Take some questions from the audience. Yes, there is. Any, yeah, any I questions? Have a question, yeah. I mean, to me, uh, and I'm, I'm very honored to be a part of your audience. <laughs> um, well, your time is walk the talk, and now I'm very critical because we've heard about it, we've been there, we've done that, uh, did it. But uh, it is the audience, it is your customer, it's all about. So to me, this is a talk that the customer do the walk. And how can you convince your customer to follow your philosophy, to follow us? I, I'm a part of you. Mm. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, I, didn't, I didn't give it a much thought, to be honest, um, uh, because I, I really tend, uh, I think, 
being in this business, there's so many things that need to be done better that, that I feel that have been so important to look inwards and figure out how can we clean up everything that we've mm -hmm. done for, uh, for years. So, so, so I'm, I'm really not sure what, what I can do to, to, to make the, the audience understand and, and, and reflect, but I believe that already just by, by being here today, by having this talk mm -hmm. uh, in general, as you mentioned, I feel that, that it's, it's, it's on people's lips because they know that the world is burning, you know, you have to, you have to take care now and you have to really take action. Yeah, but it takes a long time and it people does. prefer to, to buy cheaper. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, people's mindset. Yes, and, I, I mean, you mentioned the war, but actually the war was the start and a little bit finishing haute couture spirit mm -hmm. and started uh, prêt à porter mm. and mass production in the same in the same way so we have this you know it's it's very difficult and we have to balance but many of us prefer to buy cheaper mm -hmm. yeah. and cheaper it means it's more difficult to be sustainable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's a conflict. But it's, it it's, it's and how to get it. It's a good question. It's a really and it's a really question. important question. I think we're going to get help from the younger generations. And yeah. numbers coming out now yeah. saying that they actually shift their view on how they're buying. Because normally you look at the design, the price, and then, oh, it's sustainable as well. Mm -hmm. Now you can see it shifting from the generation down to the set generation, my kids. They're much more conscious of how they're buying and <coughs> what they're buying. Mm in terms of values, and they would rather buy from brands who has a sustainable profile than not. So I think we're going to get help, but not from this generation, from no. the young generation. Can I, can I just add to that? I don't think that change, and I, this might be a critical thing to say, but I mean, it's not just down to the customers. It needs to be systemic. We, as whoever, organisation, yeah. producers, yeah, and, and I, I think also what we are dealing with here is capitalism. Right, yeah, we're all yeah, part yeah. of this, mm -hmm. yeah. and and central to capitalism is growth. Mm -hmm. yeah. So so it's it's rethinking growth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. But again, it is up to you if you produce eight collections. Yeah, exactly. Or, and this is really the problem, because I think I'm the oldest person in this audience. <laughs> I uh, I uh, and I'm fine with that. But I started to say I shop in my own wardrobe. Mm. But still, all guys inviting you. I mean, it's, it's like eight collections between six and eight. And we must stop it. But it's no, just sure. vulgar, it, basically. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it is yeah. like, I mean, and, and this is contradiction. Each time I wa uh, look at, to the window, I see it's either summer or winter. So actually, the nature is only two seasons, and we're doing more seasons in, in yeah. the fashion. No, that's definitely something that's got to mm. be rethought. Um, I know Mark's really condensed his... Yes, his, his yeah. Another question I, I, I just have a question. First of all, thank you for the talk. It's super inspiring. I'm a politician, uh, <laughs> as some of you may know. Uh, and uh, up to now, uh, your recommendation until the last remark was that uh, we as consumers or citizens should uh, act and uh, make our choices. But uh, do you have any reflection when it comes to how, what could uh, the political system, what could the, the government do, uh, how could uh, the parliament uh, react on this? Because one thing, what we can do individually, mm. but uh, the welfare society didn't came as something we did individually. It was a political decision. Mm. So, so what I'm lacking a bit, and what I'm curious about, 
is uh, your political uh, understanding. You said uh, a bit about the systemic thinking, mm -hmm. and uh, just to throw in one mm -hmm. perspective, is that uh, what about if all products cost the true cost? Yeah. Uh, that could be a simple mindset if everything was had the true cost. Because the, the result of so that question. would be would be a true valuing of every, every step of the way. Exactly. You know, it would be about resources, but yeah, also exactly. uh, uh, workforce uh, and uh, everything. I think yeah. you know s s the state and government can you obviously regulate in terms of what what how do they tax? First of all, what kinds of businesses do they support? You know, is it a green kind of energy that we mm -hmm. want or that? I think that needs to come from, you know, above. Yeah. It can't be up to the consumer because no. the consumer, or there is one of my uh, mottos that the consumer is not stupid. We can never dumb down the yes. audience. Yeah. But there's one thing, we, we're running out of time. It needs to be systemic. Yeah. 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 I agree too. But I must admit, and I'm sorry, but I'm... I'm I have difficulty believing in the political system right as it is right now because it limited Me too. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, sorry, because it limited till four years yeah. and you see politicians all over the world yeah. right now creating so much noise that's not about the real things that we're supposed to look yeah. at. Mm. And if we look at big companies, really great big companies, they are much more about coexisting, they are much more codependent from country to country because of the trade. Mm. So right now, I think world peace is actually, well, it's a big word, but world peace is much more dominated by how we work together as companies yeah. than politicians. Because the climate we see within politicians across the world now, just generalizing yes. the globe, is just so aggressive. Mm -hmm. And we need people to calm down and work together, open up borders, mm -hmm. open up lim uh, limited uh, resources, technology, working together. And, that, and if you hear a person like uh, Jim, uh, Snaber, who is uh, the chairman of Mask and Siemens International, I would like to vote for him. Yeah. Honestly, he has so much good. He wants so much to to do something to rethink capitalism, to rethink how we work together. And I miss that um, new thinking in within the politician mm. system. Mm. I really miss it. And it, it's been hard because I'm actually quite politically active. But I, I just mm. I, I feel misplaced and I feel alone. Because I don't know where, who to turn to, because they're only thinking within four years. And they're thinking so old school. Break out of it, do something new, and then we'll be there again. But then there's also obviously the personal choices. It may be, we may vote green, but if we still change clothes for photographer mm -hmm. a couple of times a day, yeah. and fly for a quick trip to Paris, I mean, it needs to be sort of, um, yeah, walk the talk. Yeah. Yes. We were discussing about fashion weeks going yes. around from Paris to London to Copenhagen to blah, blah, blah. And maybe if we all, I know it's a wild idea and yes. I'm new in the business, but maybe <laughs> if we all came together and just recognized that fashion weeks would be in one country yeah. every year, shifting country yes. every year. Yeah. So everyone went to the same place, yeah. saw all the shows. I mean, it's like, it, we were saying, it's like the most inefficient business com conference, you know, especially, it's like, an, it's like a business conference that takes 30 days to happen. Exactly. And you've got to travel yeah, yeah. between, like, you need like four CK. I mean, it's just kind of like, when you sort of step back and look at it, it's like, how do we get to this stage? It's sort of mm. so silly. A lot of flying and a lot, a lot of shows of and a lot of new places and a lot yeah. of cities. 
So maybe it can work together. I know it's wild out there, but <laughs> it's interesting. It's yeah. That's too fantastic idea. Mm. Yeah. You should totally go with that from here. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Sarah, you spoke about the younger generation. And um, do you think that there's a room for emerging um, businesses for rental companies for you know sustainability of clothes and re reusing the clothes? And have, we went to a talk um, recently, um, a lady called uh, Jennifer Hyman, and she has a very large company called Rent the Runway. Yeah. And she, she rents out clothes, yes, so yeah. people use that Heat. system all the time. And so it, there is a reusing of clothes. Yeah. I'm not sure where the sourcing is coming from, but it's, it's, it's just a way of sustaining. Yeah. Um, and I think that I see a lot of young people at home using that company. My daughter has a small company, it's, it's, but it's, she uses it. That's what she does. In the UK, there's my wardrobe. H. Kim Jane Shepherdson. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And in yes. France, it's really yeah, sort of gay. There's been a lot of press. Yes. Yeah. But then obviously that's the shipment of the mm. rental goods. Yes. You know. yes. 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 I know it's a different, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. A different. But what you're saying about the younger generation and how they can start, mm. it, it is a, you know, it's up to you guys, I suppose, to source all the materials of and course. stuff. Yeah. But for the, for the people, and you were making a point of we don't want to buy nice clothes. Yeah. But maybe renting is the way to go yes. because they are reusing each country. Yeah. Yeah. Each country it's part of the yes. solution, yeah. I think. Yeah. It's definitely it's part, part of the solution. It's part of the solution. Yeah. Yes. Panoply in France as well. Yeah. 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 Another one. Yeah. Um, if we, um, I've got a statistic here. If we yeah. lengthen the life of just one in five garments in Europe by ten percent, we would cut three million tons of um, CO two, yeah. one hundred and fifty million liters of water and divert 6.4 million tonnes of clothing from landfill. And that's just one, what was that? It's just one in five garments by 10%, which is like nothing really. And that's it, it just shows you how. Yeah. Mm. Um, any more questions? Well, thank you very much for coming and for listening. And um, this is also going to be on a podcast. Thank you to um, Haluka, who is going to be on that podcast, so thank you. Thank you.